Welcome back, comedy fans. It's an all-new Comedy at the Carlson Cast. Where would you rather be? Get more information and subscribe at carlsoncast.com. Today's episode, we've got a twofer. It's very exciting. We're having a musical comedy special with Matt Griffo and Saint Hubert. Of course, today's episode is brought to you by Sephora Cafe Catering. That is Rochester's favorite spot for lunch and any of your catering needs. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Sephora Rochester. Also, you know when it's cold outside, you might want to get yourself a beer. Go to Three Heads Brewing, the makers of Rochester's favorite beer. Remember, do good things and always be kind. Now, it's your very special host, who I love a lot. I don't have anything bad to say about him. He's been nice to me all day. So Vinny Paulino is the host today. He's got a cute shirt on. I am horribly disappointed in you. Yeah, Brian, you're fat and stupid, but um, Vinny's Woo! doing great. Out of the gate. I prefer skinny and daft. Yeah, yeah. and old. And old. Also yeah. old. Yeah. You yeah. old, deaf, skinny creep. Yeah. Hi, Bryce. Hi, Hi, Ross. Hello. I gotta tell you something. You've really been stepping it up at the intro <laughs> the last you. couple I weeks. I'm liking yeah. where your head is at. Yeah. He's yeah. just, he, you know, he's trying to lull you into fault, a false sense of confidence. <laughs> and then he's just gonna just smash you in the dick. <laughs> what do you mean, false sense of confidence? I'm as confident <laughs> as they come, baby, because it is. Inexplicably. Inexplicably <laughs> confident. See, that would have been a really good intro. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, today's episode of the Comedy at the Carlson cast, it is a special episode. Aww. We are dedicating it to two amazing up-and-coming musical acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Griffo, Rochester native, has two albums out, uh, worked for Second City, uh, and his act is quite unique yes. and different. He's going to be playing the Rickles Room this weekend, and Friday night, tonight, and tomorrow night, Santio Bear will be playing in the Rickles Room for the very first time. It's just fun to say. It is fun to, it say. Is fun to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. I had to say it multiple times this morning. Sont Jobert. I thought it was like a breakfast pastry. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's like it's like my favorite frozen yogurt. Sont Jobert. Blueberry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's in coconut now. Okay. Lots of fat. All right. Now. <laughs> All right. It's you kind of the way I like it. <laughs> Keep it moving, you two. <laughs> Listen, you. Can't we riff on the frozen yogurt breakfast? One <laughs> of her favorite fr- frozen yogurts. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, <laughs> your cackle is Strawberry. just infuriated. Strawberry, it is infuriating. Now, uh, like I said, there's some big stuff going on uh, this weekend. They're both be playing the Rickles Room, but in our main room, Drew Michael, uh, yes. very interesting act. If you haven't checked out his Netflix special, it's definitely worth a watch. But uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to work out a schedule to get him into the studio this morning. But there are tickets available to go see him in the main room this weekend as well. But we're excited to have Matt Griffo and Santi Aubert. Yeah. So this should be a very interesting show and uh, a little more musical. Billy DeTore is going to be in just a little bit to do This Week in Comedy History. And Ross Johnson will talk to you at the end of all this with the news. I will sing. I'll, I'll sing the news. That's fine. Great. Yeah, you've got to keep it musical. I love here. it. Right, right. Now, uh, right. speaking of... Uh, For a kazoo. Kazoo. I a Somebody kazoo. get this man a kazoo. <laughs> That's a phrase that's never been said before. <laughs> yeah, you might be surprised. There might have been a very strange hostage situation at some point. Yeah, yeah. I brought I my need a pizza, an helicopter, and a kazoo. I actually brought my ukulele. So ukulele. I'm ready. Wow. I'm ready. Oh, fancy, fancy pronunciation. Such a nerd. You went to Hawaii once. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> hate you sometimes. Yeah. Ukulele. <laughs> you know what we were talking about um, unexplicable the, the confidence does San Jumeir play ukulele uh, Matt Griffo does yeah he does okay. Matt Griffo Very plays well. the ukulele like Americans say Ugh. yeah Ross like white people say make ukuleles great again Ross 
Now, uh, I have to plug a little special show. Tomorrow, before any of the uh, festivities begin at Comedy at the Carlson at 5 mm-hmm. p.m., I will be making a very special appearance. You can hit my screen. Oh, that's right. I will be returning to ESW Wrestling. Very excited about it. It is going to be at the Village Sports Arena in Fairport tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m. I'm going to be awesome. Now, is that a recent picture or... Okay, so there's a guy <laughs> named Orange Cassidy who's going to be there that people are excited about. Oh, oh, and oh. I may have had to make myself oh. the big deal. And, and viewers, listeners, you can I, come back to me. I'm going to be there, and I promise, I promise, if he gets hit with a chair, I will record it on my phone, landscape, because I'm not an asshole, and we'll have it on the show next week. Okay, I'm not getting hit with a chair. Maybe you, I'm getting hit with a well, chair. Yeah, I'm going to be there. You might get hit with a chair. <laughs> Anytime I'm around you for more than 10 minutes, there's a 50-50 shot you're going to get hit with a chair. Well, listen, Pop Pop, I would love to see you try to lift a chair without hurting yourself. So You can't you can't for, get up out of a chair without hurting yourself. For you, I'd so. make it happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, speaking of wrestling, wrestling fans, we've got some big shows coming up at Comedy at the Carlson. We're going to tell you about them right now. And we're going to be back with Billy DeTore in just a minute for this week in comedy history. Attention pro wrestling fans. One night only this St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Two, that's right, two legendary voices of professional wrestling will be right here at Comedy at the Carlson. Mr. Tony Schiavone. And by God, we got good old JR. That's right, at Comedy at the Carlson, one night only. Together for an incredible night of comedy, storytelling, Q&As. Tickets are on sale now at carlsoncomedy.com. We'll see you there. Oh, and that's not all, wrestling fans. This summer, ECW Originals present the whole effing truth tour, Stories from the Extreme. Always wanted to do that. Featuring Just Incredible, the franchise Shane Douglas, and the Sandman. You won't be going to sleep at this show. Coming up, one night only, Sunday, June 14th. Tickets are on sale now at carlsoncomedy.com. You are going to see why. Comedy at the Carlson is Rochester. All right, folks, we are excited to have joining us in the studio for his second appearance on the show. No sophomore slump here. It's Billy DeTore, hey, everybody. Me. Hey, Vinny. Hey, Brian. Thank I you. clapped once. I'm not clapping again. Okay, I wouldn't clap for me either. What? <laughs> clap for Billy right now. No. You're fired. Clap. I, I, I refuse clap. to accept this clapping. Clap. Yeah, he won't accept it. No. We're at a clap stalemate. A You're clap a real mate. garbage friend. <laughs> You're not a good person. Hi, Billy. Hi, Vinny. Let's uh, talk about what's going on this week in yes, comedy sir. history. Yes, sir. This week in comedy history, covering the week of February 23rd through March 1st. Okay. Sunday to Saturday. Uh, we're going to start with some birthdays. Uh, February 24th, Mitch Hedberg would have been 52, the late, great Mitch Hedberg. I always loved him. He'd only been 52? Yeah. I feel Man. like that's older than I thought because he died in his 20s, didn't he? Like his late 20s? Yeah. I'm, I did, yeah. When did he die? Nineteen uh, 2005 he died. So that's 15 mm. years ago. Okay, so, so would have been 50, I'm wrong. Would have been 52. Uh, Zeppo Marx, the straight man of the Marx Brothers, but strangely enough, uh, was in all their best movies. Once Zeppo left, their movies went downhill. And he's the guy that everybody forgets about. Everybody remembers yeah. Gracho. They remember Harpo. But nobody remembers the good-looking Marx brother. Yeah, Zeppo. Yeah. Herbert yeah. Marx, by uh, his born name. All right. Uh, also... It's uh, Carrot Top, Scott Thompson. Scott, uh, he was born in 1965, makes Scott Thompson Carrot Top 55 years old. 
Wow. He looks good for his age. He, he looks good for somebody. Ooh, age. hello, Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea Handler. She turns 45 years old on on February 25th. I gotta love Chelsea. Yeah, I do love Chelsea. Do like I do. loved her show. She was like so irreverent and awful. It was great. I wasn't a fan to be honest All with right. you, but that's just personal taste. Happy birthday, anyway. Happy Chelsea. birthday, Chelsea Handler, and also February twenty fifth. Woo, woo! Your home of non sports entertainment. Have to mention Ric Flair. Happy birthday, Nature Boy. There you go. Uh, February twenty sixth, Jackie Gleason, the Honeymooners, yeah, Ralph man. Cramden. Now, he how old would he be? He would have been one hundred and four years old. Wow. On February twenty sixth. So he was born in nineteen sixteen. He was born in uh, nineteen sixteen. Wow. wow. You are a math wizard. Look at that. Pretty good. Nice. Pretty good. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried. I. A guy that's been here a couple times. You've talked to Gilbert. We you? love Gilbert. Love Gilbert Gottfried. I wonder if he knows it's his birthday, <laughs> or if he cares. Yeah, Gilbert doesn't. Is a very oblivious person. He's just, I, yeah. he just wants to keep all the wrapping paper. He's excited about that. <laughs> that might a, be bubble wrap. Have you seen the documentary? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. It's one. If you have not seen the Gilbert documentary, please do. The best part of that is when he starts showing the cards mm -hmm. that he gave to him and his wife, like between mm -hmm. each other. His wife has a collection of like Valentine's Day and birthday cards from Gilbert, and each one of them is just profanity laced and awful. Yeah, it's pretty but, funny. Now, well, one side note about that documentary: mm -hmm. I, I was watching on Hulu. This was a complete surprise. Uh, at the very beginning, there's a montage of him being interviewed at various news sources, entertainment talk and shows, we didn't blah make blah it. blah. Uh, but my wife did. And I'm watching it, and I wasn't expecting to see my wife, but she she used to be on CNN. She was had a show called Talk Back Talk Back Live, and so you may see Susan Rook now Susan Rook D. Tory. I'm gonna go back and watch that right at the very beginning, and it kind of shocked me. March first, 1922, the birth of maybe one of the most important men in comedy, and I don't know if you know his name. I know who he is. I recognize him when I saw the picture. Last name is Gaines. Yep, William Gaines. Do you know who that is, Brian? I have no clue. I think everybody's first experience with comedy is because of uh, William Gaines. And, of course, he was the, the founder and publisher of Mad Magazine. Oh. So if you've ever given a snappy answer to a stupid question or looked at the lighter <laughs> side of life, it's because of or William Gaines. I've tried to fold life to many like times and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, Mr. Gaines, for your contribution to comedy. Now let's do some uh, history. All right. TV history. Comedy TV history. Lay it on me. 1950. Let me flip my page again. February 25th, 1950, your show of shows debuted. That's right. One Sid of them, Caesar. Sid Caesar, Imogene Coco, a precursor to Saturday Night Live, um, TV parodies, recurring cast members, recurring sketches, uh, an ensemble cast and considered one of the funniest TV shows of all time. I uh, went down a little bit of a YouTube tri uh, a YouTube uh, rabbit hole okay. looking at that. It's a pretty cool old show. So if you mm -hmm. haven't checked it out, jump on YouTube and look up a show of shows. You'll, you'll be surprised. Sid Caesar Imogene Coco, classic show. February 28th, 1983. 125 million people watched the final episode of MASH. Farewell, goodbye, and amen. Do you, can you imagine that nowadays? 125 million people tune in yeah. to watch one thing on television. My Two parents, hours. My parents had like a big party and like people came over to our house and stuff to watch it. 
Mm-hmm. It's a pretty it's cool. a pretty sad episode. You to really, be honest with you. you really can make anything about you. Can't it you? was a memorable moment in my life. I yeah. remember watching it. Right? Absolutely. See, you're just a young boy. Never you saw it. Know. Now listen. You never saw it. Never saw it. But here's what I will say. What? You never watched the last episode of Mash? No, never. You're a crazy person. Never. Now he's going to refuse to just on principle. You're no, not. it's not that. I just never watched Mash. Like it was just before my time. You're it's un-American. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not as old as you two. <laughs> <laughs> there are reruns. Gram, Gramp, Gramp, and Pop Pop over here. <laughs> now, hold on a second. I yes. just need to get, Did you said 125 million people? Yes. yes. A couple years ago, when Roseanne came back on to, uh, was it ABC or NBC, whatever yeah. it was, that show bl- blew people's minds because it had 16 million viewers. Yeah. We're talking 125 yeah, million. It was something yeah. like, what was it? It was like. 17 percent of the population it was it was a crazy huge percentage of the population and since i only like maybe a super bowl but it still doesn't have the same percentage of people nothing will ever touch that i don't think anything can touch that so i mean the show was on for 11 years which i believe is like seven years longer than the korean war lasted yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you know the simpsons you know bart's still in fourth grade so it was still it was either restart the Korean War or end it at 11 seasons. Okay, 11 so seasons. they just they decided to end it. <laughs> We're working on the rerun. We're working on the sequel. There you go. So what else we got? Uh, let's see. Um, February 29th, 1940. Do we have Mr. Bob Hope? Bob Hope hosts the 12th Annual Academy Awards, the first of the 19 times he hosted the Academy Awards. Wow. Now, I want to bring up Bob Hope just for a reason. I saw him. In the early 80s, he was at the Blue Cross, well, War Memorial back then. Mm-hmm. He uh, performed, and I want your take on this. Back then, he had, not cue cards, uh, giant screens with all teleprompters. I could read the jokes before he told them. Like on all of, it was basically comedy karaoke. Okay. I mean, yeah. granted, the gentleman was up there in age. He had to be, what, 60s, late 60s at that point? <sighs> I, I, well, he not died sure. at 100. Yeah. And he died in the last 20 years. Oh, okay. I, say. I think late 90s, maybe. No, he died in the 2000s, I believe. Yeah. So I, now I, I got to look this up. I, I'm a big Bob Hope fan. I watched all his old movies. I'm a fan of like classic comedy movies, so his road movies with Bing Crosby. I, I'm a big fan of his solo stuff. I even like know his TV specials in the 70s. I loved those was, specials when I was a kid. He's so, one of the original stand-ups. 1903 to 2003. Yeah, you were right. So he died at 100 years 19, old. So in 1983, he would have been 80. Yeah, yeah 80. so he was 80 years yeah. old. And I got to be honest with you. I'm going to cut an 80-year-old a little more slack yeah. than I would most people. I mean, I enjoyed the show. But it, it sounds was, to me like yeah. it's just terrible like technical mm-hmm. planning. That it would be in a position where people could see it. Well, they didn't have the see-through screens in 1983. Well, I understand that, but at least you don't put them so the you don't put the teleprompter facing the audience, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> you numb nut. Uh, that's that, why you're not. That's why we put Shoeless Joe in charge of everything around here, <laughs> instead of you. And where is he? And then <laughs> stuck on 490 on the side of the road. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> the curtain has been pulled down. <laughs> Joe, you dumb dumb. All right, keep going. What else you got? February 27, 2005, Chris Rock hosts the Academy Awards, the Oscars. The first black man to host the show solo, Richard Pryor had uh, co-hosted it. Sammy Davis Jr. co-hosted it. Chris Rock, the first black man to solo. And Whoopi host. Goldberg co-hosted it, too, Yeah, right? but rumors is she's a woman. Ah. 
Mm-hmm. I've heard so, that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. Uh, and Jamie Foxx uh, won Best Actor, even though a comedic actor. He's actually been to town performing comedy. I met him once up in the Wii studio. Really? Uh, back in the day. I and forget that he was a comic. Yeah. He in really was. Color, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he won for Ray. He won for Ray, so. Did you like that movie? I did. I did enjoy I did Ray. That was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Did enjoy Ray. February 25th. 2005, Will Ferrell, Jack Black, and John C. Riley. Again, the Oscars. Uh, they sang a song called A Comedian at the Oscars that sort of laments the uh, lack of uh, appreciation. appreciation that comedians and comedy movies get at the Academy Awards. And I think it's a pretty funny song. So uh, we're going to take Billy's word on this. And if you're listening to the audio version of it, we're going to play the song for you right now. If you're just watching the regular video, you get nothing. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, (laughs) Google Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are sold. If you want to hear the song, it will be in the episode. Excellent. It's an honor to introduce a close friend of Ricky Bobby, Will Ferrell. A comedian at the Oscars, the saddest man of all. Your movies may make millions, but your name they'll never call. I guess you don't like laughter, and a smile brings you down. A comedian at the Oscars is the saddest, bitterest alcoholic cloud Jack Black Will Ferrell What did you think when you took off your pants and you ran around that racetrack and you did that silly dance What did you think I thought they'd love me What did you think that you could change their wicked game Did you think when you made Anchorman they wouldn't call it lame What did you think I thought I'd get to have dinner with Jeremy Hyers. We may not win tonight, but we shall win the ultimate fight. And I'm not speaking in a metaphor. I mean, literally, I am going to fight the nominees. I like the way you're talking. I'm hey, sick of this crap. Leo, you think you can date supermodels and win awards? I'm going to elbow you in the larynx. Ryan Gosling, you're all hip and now. Well, I'm going to break your hip right now. Hey, Peter O'Toole, you're all legendary in English. I don't care. I'm going to beat you down with my Nickelodeon award. Mark Wahlberg, where are you? I won't mess with you. You're actually kind of badass. Once again, I hope we're cool. You are very talented. And Helen Mirren, you are just hot. What part are you going to? Fellas! Jack Blue! John C. Riley! There is this madness must stop. There is no need to fear. You can have your cake and eat it too. Just look at my career. I didn't cry in the blues. I didn't pick silly fights. I chose to be in Boogie and Talladega Nights. Then you just 
That's right. I'm gonna reread that script about the guy who gets lead poisoning and then sues a major corporation. There's not a laugh in there. Yes. And I'm gonna take that project about the guy with no arms and legs who teaches gangbangers Hamlet. No, but tough. I'm gonna lose 40 pounds to play Ralph Nader. I'm gonna do that gay cold line and film with James Spader. Uh, February 24th, 1993. The Grammys. Uh, they happen around this time every year. For the fourth consecutive year, fourth consecutive year, an act called PDQ Bach won the best comedy recording. Are you familiar with PDQ Bach? I am not at all. And that's the thing. Like, I didn't realize after you told me about mm -hmm. this story, I looked him up and holy cow, what an accomplished freaking dude. Yeah, a, a man by the name of Peter Shickley created a backstory for the unknown son of Johann Sebastian Bach and resurrected the works of PDQ Bach, which he, of course, uh, right. wrote himself. But it, it's way over my head. I remember seeing these records in the library when I was a kid. I, I checked them out recently just to sort of do research for this. Still don't get it, but it's <laughs> it's way, it's it's parodies and satires of classical music with banter for what? with jokes for that I don't get it all. So hold on a second. I don't get it. It's There's like when you go to classical music. Yeah. So it's not like classical music like you hear the the wood the wind woodwinds and then the, mm -hmm. the strings and then like a fart noise there's banter there the guy did banter with backstories of these songs and the audience laughing uproariously at things that i don't know what he's talking about so it's like snooty humor yeah it's like going to the little theater and everyone's laughing and you don't know why at the movie <laughs> <laughs> i love you billy so, so funny pdq bach fourth consecutive year for their album you know what uh, i'm doing i'm going to my apple music and i'm gonna see if i can find someone to put it on my phone because i need to find this out later pdq bach pdq huh? bach music for uh for an awful lot of winds and percussion was the name of the album that year. Mm. And it's, I, I don't get it, but people loved it. And like I said, they won the Grammy. Four years in a row, beating acts like Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Sam Kennison, Andrew Dice Clay, Jonathan Winters, uh, another musical comedian, Weird Al Yankovic lost to PDQ Bach. And wow. There's no justice in this world, Billy. Well, we already know that. I'm, I'm more of a Weird Al guy. I'm a big weirdo. Aren't we guy. all? I Well, everyone except for the fans of PDQ Pac who understand <laughs> what that was about. Screw them. Now, uh, time for our deep dive story of the week. Yes, sir. You're going to love this. Well, you're not, not going to love it because it's, it's pretty sad, but it's so interesting. Uh, right. In February 24th, 1989, Margaret Ray was found arrested in the home of David Letterman. Most people remember yeah. the lady that kept breaking into David Letterman's house. Yeah. He made, but you notice he never said her name he on the air. Milk? 
What's that? Can you check and see if I need some milk? <laughs> my my favorite was in, in the top ten list. How uh, old are you? <laughs> you don't remember this? No. no. In, the, in the top ten What list, year was this? Uh, this was 1989. Yeah, yeah, I was seven. Yeah, I was okay. like 12. So okay. In the top ten list once, uh, he referenced when he was moving from NBC to CBS. He one of the things he had on his list of things to do was send her his forwarding address so right. she could uh, meet find him, find him in his yeah. new place. So she was a massive fan. Is that the story? Yeah. Well, uh, it's this date, February twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine, when she was found and arrested. Not the first time she made news. Uh, back in May of eighty eight. She was arrested for refusing to pay $3 toll in the Lincoln Tunnel. The other problem is she was driving David Letterman's car. She had stolen it out of his driveway. <laughs> what? <laughs> so. <laughs> and she had her five-year-old son in the back seat and claimed that the boy was Letterman's kid. Yeah. And that he let her borrow the car. Yeah. So you're telling me the year before she was in the house... She got into the garage, stole the car with her mm -hmm. child there, uh -huh. and then refused to pay a toll for a bridge yeah. that she would know automatically there's a toll at. Because uh, I, If I remember correctly, she had the car for a couple of days. Was it a couple yeah, of days? Yeah, that wasn't in my research. Okay. Yeah, if I remember right. But those pesky tolls did her in. So, yeah. <laughs> hold on. How Always leave change in your ashtray, people. I know. <laughs> Especially when committing crimes. <laughs> what kind of cheapo is Dave Letterman? He doesn't have a little couple bucks laying around yeah. for tolls? Uh, I guess the question is, how much time do you get for stealing the car? And how is she out and free about to bother people to give it to him the next year? Well, over the over the years, she'd been arrested eight times for breaking into his house, uh, stalking. And some of the times, Letterman would drop the charges. He actually felt bad for her. He was quoted as saying on a uh, Barbara Walters special that he didn't want to press charges saying he didn't see the humanity in that he, he felt bad for her okay uh i i think that I mean, letterman she had his kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay but but oh wow this story is nuts okay uh, eventually she did wind up spending almost three years in jail it got to be too much you know after eight times 34 months in jail uh, or psychiatric, psychiatric hospitals, okay. a combination. Uh, during her time in jail, she was prescribed some anti-psychotic drugs, helped her a lot, treat her schizophrenia. Uh, her condition improved. She was released from jail. Then once she was out of jail, she stopped taking her medicine, saying she wasn't ill. She didn't feel she needed them. Uh, and after being released from jail, her attention shifted. She started. She stopped paying attention to Letterman uh -huh. and decided to stalk astronaut Story Graves. Hmm. I had forgotten about the astronaut part. Now, okay. uh, did yeah. Story want to uh, raise David Letterman's love child with her? <laughs> uh, the baby needs a daddy. Yeah, she, sure. she wrote him letters, made phone the, calls. The kid said, "I wanted to be an astronaut." She said, "I will get you one." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, she, she she showed up at his house. She pretended to be a reporter to interview him. For an article she was doing, she I'm a reporter in, for a reporter for the David Letterman show. <laughs> <laughs> she showed up at his house, claiming they were working on a book together. Uh, arrested again, spent more time in jail, and then in uh, 1993, more medication helped her again. She got out of jail. And who did she decide she was no, going to be friends uh, with? That uh, she was released from jail in August of 1998. A few months later. October 7th, 1998, 
She commits suicide by kneeling in front of an oncoming train. You know what I've noticed about wow. this week in comedy history? It's pretty tragic. We like to end it on a suicide story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She, uh, but not, not that she didn't kill her. It, it, she, yeah, kneeled, her, kneeled in front of an oncoming train. I would have liked to have seen the top ten list that night. <laughs> the top wow. ten things make you ow? Top ten things that make you ow. An oncoming train being rejected <laughs> by Story Graves. Wow. So, I, I didn't, did not realize she committed suicide. Yeah. That I kind of lost track of. Yeah, she it's a, a tragic end to Margaret Mary uh, Ray. So, R.I.P. Margaret Mary Ray? Uh Letterman and Story Graves both both uh, expressed her. Remo- She'd actually had five kids through two different marriages. I, I neglected two different ma- people married her. Yeah, before the Letterman stuff even happened, they both divorced her. Uh, she had four kids with her first husband, one kid with the second husband. It was Howie the- Mandel and Neil Armstrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, the father had of the first four had custody of the original four, and I believe uh, Margaret's mother had custody custody of the one that she claimed was David Letterman's. That is a nuts story. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, so I'm sorry to end it sadly, but that's it's just a an insane story. Well, that brings us to this week's uh, trivia question. Now, last week we put one out there. The question was, what legendary stand-up comedian was discharged from the Navy after dressing in drag and telling his superiors that he felt homosexual urges? The correct answer was... Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. So we had a couple winners. Uh, I apologize. I did not write down your names, but we did get you your tickets, so we appreciate you. Uh, This week, we have another question, and you have your opportunity to win a pair of tickets to see Drew Michael tonight here at Comedy at the Carlson. All you have to do is tweet us the answer to this you can tweet us at carlson cast here is this week's question billy maybe a little easier who is the first host of saturday night live who Which hosted l- the first episode of saturday night live yeah legendary stand-up comedian hosted the very first episode of saturday night live we have there will be two winners so the first two people to uh tweeted us at carlson cast the answer to what legendary stand-up comedian hosted the very first episode of saturday night live will be seeing drew michael live tonight here at carlson yeah no. That's going to be my answer to every question from now on. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I have a feeling his career is going to end a lot like Martha or Margaret Mays, but that's either here nor there. What a country. What a country. We'll be right back with our pal Matt Griffo. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody, we've got lots of cool shows coming up here at Comedy at Carlson. Check out our schedule at carlsoncomedy.com or call 585-4-COMEDY-4-TICKETS. This weekend, we have Drew Michael still some tickets left. And tonight, in the Rickles room, we have Matt Griffo. You can see him talk on our show. Dry Bar Comedy returns February 10th, 27th through the 29th. Hometown boy Jamie Lissau is back March 5th through the 7th. Joel James, March 6th and 7th in the Rickles Room. March 12th through the 14th, Faison Love is back. And Dan Viola, March 13th through the 14th, also in the Rickles Room. March 19th to 21st, Pablo Francisco. And Steve-O, March 27th through the 28th. 
March 7th, March 27th and 28th. Also, we have Rich Scheidner in the Rickles room. And the Sklar Brothers are April 2nd through the 4th. Very excited to have them back around. And Jesse Mae Pelusa, one of our favorite guests, April 9th through the 11th. And Diego Atanasio, April 10th in the Rickles room. Earl David Reed, April 16th through the 18th. April 23rd through the 25th, we have Adam Ray. And Ryan Nymiller will be here April 30th through May 2nd. And Dave Smith, May 2nd in the Rickles room. We have Anthony Rodia on May 8th and 9th. And Mike Dambra is back again May 15th and 16th. John Rodinsky, May 28th through the 30th. And Pedro Gonzalez, May 30th in the Rickles room. Pete Corelli's back June 4th through the 6th. And Jay Moore, June 11th through the 13th. He's an absolute killer on the stage. And Michael Rappaport, very proud to announce June 11th through the 13th. Again, if you want to see our schedule, visit carlsoncomedy.com or call 585-4-COMEDY for tickets. We'll see you at the show. Joining us in the studio is Rochester native by way of Chicago, Please help us welcome to the studio, Matt Griffo. Hello. Brian and I are clapping for you, Matt. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome, man. It's nice to see you again. I feel like it's been a very, very long time. It has. It feels like a like a crazy time machine. Yeah. It does a little bit. Right. You're like back in Rochester. Ugh, what I do? I really enjoy Rochester. I had a garbage play yesterday. It was great. You still you feeling it still? I love them. Well, I'm a vegetarian now, so now the garbage plates are a lot uh, lighter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little less it's life-threatening. Less, it's less life-threatening when you're when you're eating a vegetarian one. Yeah. Well, a little extra hot sauce. It doesn't at have that the point. grease amount that that's like. I think that's a really important factor that I'm missing from the vegetarian version. Well, Where did you get a vegetarian here, version? At Dogtown. Okay. It's pretty. Good. It's really good actually for you know for not having any grease in it. I'm going to do one of our sponsors a favor because uh, Chef Joe over at Sapori mm-hmm. just had it on the Instagram today. They're doing garbage plates over there today. So yeah. if you're looking for lunch, hit up Sapori. I heard that you guys were doing a garbage, uh, something, a palooza. Plate of palooza. Plate of palooza. Was it was Tuesday night. I, uh, I was like, I didn't, I, if my friend told me who works here, uh, Tellier, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to go because I was like, I'm definitely going to eat meat and then die. Like, I'm definitely going to get sick because there's no <laughs> way there's a bunch of garbage plates and I'm not going to be like, you know what? Today yeah. is the day I just go crazy. <laughs> Today is a good day to die. Right. Yeah, because you, you lose your immunity to them after a while. How long have you been out in Chicago now? I've been, I, well, I've been in Chicago since 2005, but that doesn't have to do with me not eating meat. Meat since 2010. But I mean so, the specific garbage plate immunity. you gotta, garbage, you got oh, to work that muscle. It's a different level of meat. Yeah, you got to work that muscle. Yeah, I only eat one of those like maybe once a year. So. Yeah. You know, you might want to pop that mic up just a little higher. I'm sorry, bud. I thought we had that set. Not that high, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. So you quit eating meat in 2010. Yeah. I gave it up about a year and a half ago. Oh. Did you do it for like medical reasons or was it like you were sad for animals? What was the story? Environmental. Mostly environmental. Yeah. Like me, I just like did it for the health because like red meat and all that stuff's not yeah, really right. great for it. I could care less about the animals. Like I would kill a cow right now <laughs> if it looked at me wrong. Right. I wouldn't care. Right. But I'm with you on the meat thing. I what? haven't had a garbage plate in forever. In 2011, I went to Ireland and this guy was, I was explaining, he was a, he is a cattle farmer 
mm-hmm. and he's explaining. He's like, he's like, would you eat my cows? And I was like, I, I wouldn't. He's like, but I eat my cows. He, he was, t- he was t- trying to figure out why I wouldn't eat them, and he's like, but I know them, I know them, and I still slaughter them. And I was like, I get it, I get it. <laughs> I he, slaughter you in five minutes if you don't eat one of my cows. Right? He was really mad about it. He's like, but I raise them by hand, and I was like, I Are get it. Are you trying to tell me that this cow isn't good enough for your he, son? I was saying that I didn't like, uh, like mass farming, and he was like. But, but what about my cows? Like, you really uh, wanted me to say I would eat his cows? Like, settle down, Liam Neeson. I'll have a burger. That's the most Irish thing. It was really cute. I was like, I th- maybe I right, maybe I'd try a little bit of your cow. He's like, oh, okay. Just give me an ear. Just give me an ear of your cow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Matt, how many instruments do you play? I play in this order of, of best to worst. to be like um, piano, ukulele, uh, good, yeah, harmonica, guitar... I would say I could play, you know, any of the keyboard instruments too, like sure. an organ or, yeah, uh, accordion or. We'll lump those else. under piano. So yeah, lump them under keyboard instruments. Okay. <laughs> um, other than other than that, I would say those are honestly like the main ones. Okay. I could I could pass by on a mandolin, but. You started playing really young, didn't you? Like, how old were you when you started playing? I mean, I started messing around when I was. I wouldn't even say I was playing. I would say I was messing around when I was like. A little kid like whenever my mom got a piano she got an upright piano and mm-hmm. I started messing around with it when I was like eight my dad's in the corner when did she get that piano yeah probably was about eight okay and then I would just play around and then, and then I asked for piano lessons he we they were like we couldn't afford piano lessons so he had a learn how to play piano book and so I just read it and learned how to play it from reading the book uh, when I was like maybe 10. And so I was, <laughs> I would read the book and I remember it would be, it, the song was, um, it's a grand old it's flag, a grand, it's yeah, a high flag. Like, I was so bored by it. So then I would start improvising on the written music of the song. And I would just, because I'm just going through the book, no one's telling me what I have to do. Right. I'm just telling myself as like a 10 year old. So that, that I'd say about that that old, and then I was going off the cusp. And are you telling me that's where the origin of your comedy writing to music started? Just as you oh, were learning as a kid? No, actually, here, here for music, for music, it was me saying, "How do I play this Mozart piece?" When I was like really little, my dad said, "This is probably when I was six, actually, because I had a little electronic keyboard." Uh-huh. He'd say, "Listen to this. This is what he did as a guitar player. He'd mm-hmm. say, listen to this song, and then try and play it.'" And I would. Listen to this crazy Mozart piece. As an adult, thinking about this is me as a six-year-old. Yeah, be like that, and then I would pause it on a CD and go, okay, and I would mess around and with my ears, just through your ears, you have to try and figure out what the right tone is. I only got maybe thirty seconds or a minute into the song before I was like, okay, now I'm done. But it was it was like was some it was one of those pieces of yeah. Actually, that's a that's a. That's actually a... Furlice, isn't it? That one is actually a, a Beethoven piece. The, is that Beethoven? I thought it was Mozart. But it's Furlice, but Mozart... I prefer PDQ Bach myself. That's, <laughs> that's a throwback to earlier in the show. But Sorry. Yeah, it was, some, it was some Mozart piece. That, I don't remember which one it was. But either way, that the first comedy song, though, was a, was a Dr. Demento album. People... Every person I've ever met that's into like musical comedy loves Dr. Demento. Yeah. Yes. It was... I'm looking something up as I'm... Be my guest. The so yeah, it was a Doctor Mental album, and on that album was 
Tom Lehrer, who okay. is this piano player. He was so if you if you just look up it's Tom T O M L E H R E R Tom Lehrer. And his his stuff is still really poignant. He had um I listened to Dr. Menno, I vaguely remember that name. One was National Brotherhood Week, which was a thing that used to be a, a like a day, which is where, you know, they were saying like, or we have all this tension between the races. So we have national we're gonna make National Brotherhood Week. And he has this song about uh, National Brotherhood Week where um, it's like National Brotherhood Week National Brotherhood Week um, where all La- it's not this isn't the line but all Latinos and the Caucasians dancing cheek to cheek that let's all har- harmonize and something with, with, with let's all harmonize with someone you despise oh god it's, it's <laughs> and it's basically he wasn't he in no way was his man a racist he was he was he was making light of all the other people Right. In in society at the time. is really great. Well that's what makes a good comedian is being masoch- able to He had the masochism tango, which is about uh tango that was a masochist. <laughs> like <laughs> they got a he's got uh Your your lips are the Oh man. Oh man, look up the masochism tango, whoever it is. Uh but it's it's basically you're they're injuring themselves while they're doing the tango. Right. So this is what you were listening to when you were young. Oh, yeah, really young. And this was like the kind of stuff that it kind of inspired you. At what point, like you're learning how to do this. At what point did you become like proficient? Like how old were you when you felt like you were comfortable playing like the piano or keyboard? I just recently went through some old lyrics of a songs I made when I was 14, 15. Uh Boy, were they 14 or 15 year old lyrics. <laughs> but I, so I, uh, you know, profession, uh, I would say maybe in my uh, late teens uh, when I started to, to write songs that were, uh, that were more social satire, mm-hmm. that were not like, uh, you know, just stupid not poop and pee dildo and songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I need a good rhyme for dildo. I thought yeah. Dr. Demento was really great. It was years later. Uh, he, he emailed me and, and um, I said, I had, he had sent something to me and then I sent something back to him and he said, you know, it's really an honor getting work from such a talented uh, writer and musician like yourself. And Amber, I was wow. like, wow, I got to save the scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, no fool. So it was really, that was really nice to like years later. I don't think I ever told you that dad, uh, years later, get that email from Dr. Demento. And I was like, cool. That was awesome. Now, you're writing your own songs like a lot of people who play an instrument like that coming up young they're not into writing their own stuff they just want to learn how to play things other people have written yeah now did you always like want to be a musician was that what was going on here or was it just like a hobby comedian interesting and then my dad was a really great musician and i was like i like that that's really fun and i kind of always wanted both and when i worked at second city which second city is a major theater in chicago it's uh, yeah, they, never heard of them. In L.A. Yeah, <laughs> some people have not heard of it. Sure. But Second City is a place where, you know, Tina Fey and Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and... John uh, Candy. John Candy and uh, countless other... Mike Myers. Eugene um, Levy. Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert. So many people. Yeah. Eugene Levy ha- went through. Um, and I worked there... I, I worked there as a, as a onstage performer, but I also worked there as a music director. And the 
I, it was How old separate. were you when you applied there? And when you applied there, what did you apply to be? I got there when I was 19, and I just started taking classes. But I was playing piano in between on breaks. Uh-huh. And the head music director there saw me playing piano on break and was like, would you like me to train you as a music director? And I didn't know if I did because I knew that if he did do that, that I wasn't going to be seen as a stage performer. Yeah. And and but I really wanted that training so bad. Right. <laughs> so I said yes to it. And then exactly that happened that I was because there's so many on stage performers. There's like but the but people they have can, a, like a ton of troops, different levels of, of troops. Yeah, they're probably just on some of the like, yeah, Matt's got his thing, he's fine. But there's not a ton of good Yeah improv piano players that's that those are few and far between like there's a lot of people who can do it but ones who do it well so he asked me to do that i said yes i there was a lot of thought and then and then a lot of people i would go on an audition they'd be like this is great can you would you be the music director for us <laughs> that is so mad <laughs> so i did that for for a few years and then i i started doing what would you say the day-to-day like responsibilities like on a performance of the musical director are mm. just just walk people into like what that job is uh, it's different for show days versus rehearsals, but for rehearsals, it would be going through, watching the scenes. They're, they're basically, at Second City, they're going to improvise scenes, and then cre- after watching it with the audience, the audience is laughing at the scene, Second City is going to make that into a sketch, a written sketch right. from the improvised material. And then they'll work through that a bunch. But basically, it's them working through that, me as a music director, or whoever is music director, playing through parts of underscore for the scenes, and then, so you're literally doing a soundtrack to the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's with a keyboard or a piano, or you know, but I right. the keyboard, but either like a synthesizer or something, yeah. like string sounds or whatever it is. And then for songs, it's them. I pref- I prefer some people will some music directors will come in with their own songs, but I prefer to help the cast write their own songs and give them their own voice right be like what do you think is funny all right how do we put that into a comedic point of view and then like how do we exaggerate that mm-hmm. and then make it a song and you have to add the complimentary music to it and then add the music to it and then teach them how to sing it and put a melody line to it and then teach the cast the song and then they do the choreography but <laughs> then do all that it's it's one of those parts that people really don't think about, but yeah. it's very integral. But when I I was very bored though to the production when I was touring, I <laughs> when I was touring it was a lot of like, you know, underscore on piano for a scene, and then uh, transition would be I'd play music because it's more a recorded track. They wanted a more recorded track for the scenes when we're touring around the country or the world mm-hmm. because it's just really engaging to have a band play for twenty seconds. And then suddenly a next scene would start. And they'd be like, I'd press the space bar for the doorbell sound. And I'm just sitting there for two hours like, ah, oh, God. And there might be only four songs and in it, a two-hour show. But that's, for me as a, as a performer, I was like, oh, I could do, if I was on stage, it'd be more engaging. There's than not me, a lot of know. opportunities for you to be funny. Right. Well, not even that, just to be engaged. Okay. Even if I was not being funny, that's fine. It's me being engaged. Because you're just waiting for the doorbell. I'm just waiting for the doorbell. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I then started, to, this is 2008, and I then started, to, I started, to answer your other question, I came to Second City when I was 19 in 2004, right. and I started uh, music directing there when I was actually the same year. Oh, no, 2005. 
2005. So they really needed somebody back. And I people I started training then, and then I and then I quickly there were there were uh, seven people that I trained with. Every single one of them was cut except for me. Wow. They were all older than me. They were all like some of them were ten years older than me, and but I they were all cut. I made the cut, and then I started music directing, and they, I think they wanted to, but <laughs> but I did. Um, I think it was because when I was six, I was the one who was trying to figure out how to play the Mozart piece, right by ear. So when one of the actors would say, "I got a song idea," it's like. It's like, it goes like, Y-T-N-O. This person was like white, but yeah. they were Latin. So people would mm -hmm. always uh, mistake them for a Caucasian person. Right. He'd get really mad about it. And he called himself Y-T-N-O? Yeah, his song okay. was called Y-T-N-O. He'd go, Y-T-N-O. And then I would have to figure out what the melody line is from yeah, that. Yeah, you'd have to count But I could it. do it faster than anybody else could. Yeah. Now, that's invaluable experience. That had to help you in a lot of different ways in your career. Because... You know, you watch, obviously you learned through doing improv, stage presence, right. and how to read a crowd. Right. But then learning how to plug in and how music can complement it kind of from the side with not having to be like the main focus. True. I'm sure that's a really valuable yeah. experience to take you into performing your own works. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very true. It's, uh, there's a lot of skill sets coming kind of all into play right. to, make, to make that work. But so so that was 2005. I started teaching there and doing mm -hmm. all that. 2008, I was frustrated. Okay. And I was like, I'm not performing a bunch live. I'm playing background stuff mm -hmm. for all these groups. It was great. I was getting paid. That was cool. But then I, I was like, how do I make it my own? How 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 do I engage myself? So then I started to. I was like, wait, I write. I've written comedy songs for years. Yeah. So then I started to do that, and perform at open mics, and then I quickly started to perform it you know like comedy clubs around different cities so second city was never like hey matt do your own thing for a while well, they were mad really <laughs> they were real mad that i quit they did not want me to quit i remember the day i quit i was like guys i'm gonna i don't think i'm gonna play anymore for you guys and they were like they would have rather you just quit the business to begin. Totally, they were right? no, they, not that the business because because I still see a lot of them and, sure. and now it's and it's great. But they were it Did, was they, that, they didn't say yes and <laughs> they sure didn't. <laughs> you know, it was Brian, that. Bravo, Brian! I've that's been the, saving that one that for they a long had, time. the best compliment I'm ever going <laughs> to give really you. Funny. That was very well timed. That's funny. Yeah, that's the best I still thing he's hang ever out said. with them. They're great. I but I uh, at the time they were they needed me. And I was like, bye, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I know you trained me for all of this time. So. What, did they expect you to like spend your entire career there, you think? There's some people, yeah, that do. And I bet it's not the best paying job in the world. Just taking a guess uh, from being a theater. I, I mean, I know it, they're one of the biggest. They're, they're I the, think the for the a big music, deal. well, it depends on which, it depends on, no, not for touring. For touring, it would pay like a hundred, yeah. this is back then, mm -hmm. but it would pay a hundred dollars a show with a per diem which was 75 and so you'd go around we'd make you know let's say it was a week you know let's say five hundred dollars over a course of five mm -hmm. days maybe with yeah. plus per diem that's not the worst no, it's not. but it's get, a lot of like going to you know when you're a 20 year old kid it's not bad it's actually totally fine yeah because yeah. the people i was working with were in their like in their 30s and had been 
kind of doing the doing the grind for a long time and they're just trying to pay their mortgage and now and then they're like in hotel 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 and they're like i want to go home (laughs) so it was as a 20 year old that's that's fine but i was still annoyed by it (laughs) 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 It um i wanted to go like i was the one who would wake up in the morning in lake placid and like go climb a mountain i'm like come on guys and they're like we're gonna sleep and uh we're having boston and i'm like walking around boston trying to in between the flight and the show and the tech trying to like see the city that we're in with the very minimal amount of time that we have see i love that attitude that's kind of the same way i am i'm not gonna like if i'm in a city i've never been to i want to go check it out yeah i'm totally with you on that yeah don't want to talk to anybody but i, I want to go don't want to talk to anybody i want to go find the shitty restaurants that's yes yeah, same because they're always the best that's true yeah well okay that's a, that was we're a weird sentence. That was a weird. I want to find the shitty restaurants. They're always oh, good. Especially, especially, like, like, in, especially you're like in the south. There's some that like go... have. They might not look the best. Yeah. The, uh, amb- the ambiance amazing. might you not. You say be I find a hole in the wall. You don't they, call them yeah, shitty. Well, a hole. Okay, hole in the wall. Sure. The food, nice, but the ambiance lacking. Yeah. And you know, and you you know, sometimes you hear somebody yell something racist or something, and it's it's entertaining. And then you just get in a fight. You say, "Are you racist?" And then they yeah. go, "What? That's what everybody is." And you go, "I'm gonna bite, beat all you guys up." <laughs> That's how you show them. <laughs> yeah. You uh, put out your first comedy album. Was it 2010? Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So not too long after you left Second City, you spent two years, kind of writing and honing your craft. Am I wrong there? No. You. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I started doing that, and then like being like, oh, I gotta write, I gotta release an album, uh, which is which is fun. I, I don't like the album. It's, I mean, I like the album. I like the content. I don't like how it, the quality of it. I don't like. Well, it was. <laughs> I would redo the quality of it. Are you gonna ever uh, just revisit it and just I like think redo I, it? I think I would do want to because actually I've listened to it. I'm like, it's so it's this quality again. I'm like, it's okay, but the content I still like. So I think at some point I'll re mix it i'll have somebody for me i remember that just jogged my memory i remember the first time i, I met you now you were home visiting mm-hmm. and you did the open mic at boulder oh yeah and i was hosting and it, and oh, yeah. and you walked off and i said wow that was that was really good because i didn't i think you're one of the first musical guests that i had was up when i was there okay um and he was like wow you're really good and you're like i have an album i remember you saying like i, I have like, an album you got <laughs> Listen, man. My response would have been like, why are you talking to me, Brian? That's what I would have said. Go away. What a jerk. Yeah, I don't like him. I don't think you said it in a jerk tone. I think it was just like, oh, yeah, I have an I, album. Oh, okay. I feel like that. I, my tone's usually pretty positive. I could see yeah. me being like, oh, I have an album. <laughs> Happenstance. Maybe you were just trying to sell me one. And it just I, went right over I my head. I highly doubt that. Did he, have, did he have like a suitcase with legs on it that he just opened up? Yeah. He was like, come on, come on. <laughs> come on. Bust out the ukulele a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's 2020. You've had two albums out now. You, I heard you were working on a live album. Do I have two albums out? Yeah, you have uh, my brother's friend Jerome. Oh, and then uh, Live at Jiva. Now, Live at Jiva. Yeah. Is that out now? Yeah, that that was in, that was released in 2012. 2012. Okay. 2013 or something. Okay. Uh, so, was, yeah, that one. So there's there's um. Wait, I forgot that I don't love you, which was 2010. There's Live at Jiva that was at least recorded in 2012, and then maybe released the next year or so. And then my brother's friend Jerome. And then yeah, I have. There's another live album that I've been recording. <laughs> I've been recording in like kind of slow. I'm just doing sh- like do, recording different shows with these uh, microphones, and then 
like the lapel microphones that are kind of attaching mm-hmm. to myself and all those. And the reason is because I'm kind of run and gun doing it. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes you do one show and it's great. And then you do another show and the audience is just a little quieter or the, we, the audiences are different. Yeah. It's so brutal. I feel like every time you plan on filming a set, Right. That's when you get the weird audience yep, right. or the person who decides to heckle you or the person who decides to talk during your so stuff. So I've got these little microphones, uh, lapel microphones that I put on. If, if the recording is good, then great. But if the recording is great, then I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to put it on this album. And so I have a, uh, it's probably going to be eight tracks on it. And the one of the songs is called Hands for Titties. And I have a few different versions that I really like the audience response on. And i got to kind of pick... Yeah, which, which one, one I like, um, and then another one the, from the song called "Enjoy Yourself" and like all these different tracks. Oh yeah, "Hands for Titties" is a song about a person with a with a. <laughs> I just realized, like you know, what I'm about? it's about a person with a with a disability, and her disability is that she has uh, hands for uh, where her <laughs> chest is, but it's actually a, 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 like a T Rex. It's like a po- T-Rex yeah, kind of, and it's a positive thing for her, and she's able to be like super productive because of it. Yeah, because she. Has and it's not a sexual song at all. It's just about. Her, the I thought it was that, a benefit for breast cancer. The things that she can do <laughs> is what. So, um, but yeah, I'll have that, and then I have an, a studio album. One of the songs I'm really excited. Well, one's called "Socks," about wearing nothing but socks at all, and the other one is, um, called "Stupid People." about about huh. about it's kind of about it goes like um what can i do except nod and smile uh say <laughs> something affirming once in a while it's not it's not da, 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 what they say. i haven't i haven't sung this song live in a while it's not da, 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 what they say they're complacent they're this way Everywhere I think, ever I go, there seems to be one. Seems this world is overrun. Oh, no matter how hard I try, one of them is right nearby. There's stupid people <laughs> everywhere. Stupid, stupid <laughs> people. Stupid people everywhere. We'll and then that. and then it goes on from there. But then it's about we'll it's that. actually about like everybody thinking everybody else is a stupid person, no matter who it is. Whether it's an interesting it's, insight. Whether it's a person who is who is like a dim person that they actually think other people are stupid, and and intellectuals who consider themselves intellectuals are also think other people are stupid. What is that? Isn't it Carlin that bit about when you're on the when you're on the freeway, everybody's either a moron or a maniac? <laughs> <laughs> like if they're going too slow, it's like get out of the way, you moron! And somebody passes you, look at this maniac. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, similar. Now, when you start preparing to like write your own songs, like, does an idea pop into your head and then you just sit down and you're like, oh, I've got some music that I wrote that goes with this, or do you write them like all at one time? Answer is, um, I don't write them all at once. Although uh, sometimes we'll try and sit down and write them. But like last night, for example, I was falling asleep and then I was like, oh, I got an idea, and I just recorded it with my phone real quick just to and then I passed out I just I'll look at it later I have it under a list of song ideas um but that one was uh it was a song about people asking me if I'm gonna have kids <laughs> and then me it was from the perspective of a person being asked if they're gonna have kids and then me being like no but how about I give you all the reasons of why I don't want kids and then I go through a slew of reasons of like there's seven billion people 
I'm definitely not going to help the world by making another one. Um, <laughs> you, all these things. You have to have a stand-up's mentality and a musical mind to do what you do. So honestly, I'm not sure if that puts you on like a genius level, but I think it does. I just, like, because you have to be I really good at two different things. Different skill sets that I'm putting together. I don't know. I can barely do one thing. <laughs> that one, that's hit or miss. That's funny. Right, play me a song, Matt Griffo. All right, this one is. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. So I'm doing. I'm doing this one because it's a stupid song. I just, I just thoroughly enjoy this song. My, just the context of why I wrote this song, which I don't ever say for audiences, but it is my, uh, my wife was really upset at me. I did something stupid, and then I needed to redeem myself, and so I wrote a, uh, I just improvised this song, and then I was like, well, okay, it was pretty funny, so it, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it a real song. <laughs> Everybody, she has got hands for 
titties, she's got hands for titties Where there should be titties, she has got hands Here's a hand for you, sir. Thank you. I want to know. That's my new favorite song. I want to know, yeah. are there nipples on all the fingers? No, it's that's funny. It's, uh, I can show you. Because then she could feed puppies. I can show you a draw. It's just kind of like short. Did you say then she could feed puppies? <laughs> I have stick. I drew. I had, I had stickers drawn of the character Becky Gibson and uh, the artist who was drawing it. I'm gonna. I'll, it's. I'm gonna. Po I'll post it after this on my uh, Instagram. But the artist that drew it. But it was terrifying at first because it was like raptor hands, and I was right. like, "That's actually kind of correct." But maybe she should hold a ukulele so it's not they so terrifying. Have, yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have like claws; those hands. I, they're <laughs> not claws; they're like regular little hands. But uh, but yeah, the, the art, <laughs> there's a few different versions of what the drawing looks like. Uh, and so, but yeah, people really when I'm at shows, people really love buying those ones because they're very silly. That's people hysterical. don't notice it at first because she's holding a ukulele, but she's also holding a bunch of bags, <laughs> and so then people are like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Becky Gibson. Becky, Becky Gibson. Gibson. Can I convince you to play one more for us? That was amazing. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I kind of want to do a cover one because it's short and fun. And this one is uh, mo pretty much all my stuff except for this one song when I do for shows is is uh, my own. But this one is a, a, is a cover song of a Monty Python song. Definitely made that sound way more romantic right. than than Michael Palin's version yeah, of yeah. it. Was it Eric Idle who did it? It was Eric Idle, right? Uh, he didn't. I don't know was who. It Terry I, Jones. Eric, is it in my face? I think Eric Idle did write the lyrics of it, but it's originally yeah. a it's originally a it's a parody song. It's, it's a very jaunty song. It's like and sit on my face. Yeah, it was originally from a musical that called uh, "Sing as We Go" about like workers, like British workers. It goes "Sing as We Go," da, 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 da. and then Eric Idle just made a parody song with "Sit on My Face." Yeah. Um, and you turned it into a love And I turned it that. But when I do it, it shows. I'll say, sometimes I'll say, I'll go, uh, Do you guys know the original of that song? And and sometimes nobody knows it. And sometimes, like, a bunch of people know it. It's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. And then when it, there's a bunch of people that know it, I go, Let's do the original. And then I'll go, We'll all sing the original. I'll go, Sit on my face and tell me that you love me. And it goes great. That's I, think, I think the only thing it was on that Americans would have seen is the Hollywood Bowl. I think they, they did it. That yeah, Hollywood Bowl uh, show yeah. they did. Yeah. So deep cut. 
folks, deep comedy cut. You could see Matt Griffo tonight. Learn more deep cuts in the Rickles room with Hardwood. You have Hardwood performing. Yeah, I'm excited, excited about Hardwood performing. I wanna I wanna get together with them before they leave and like we'll record something. They're really great. Yeah, this that's gonna be an awesome show. There's gonna be musical shows all weekend here, but tonight. Matt Griffo in the Rickles Room. Tickets are available. Visit carlsoncomedy.com for those. Matt, next time you come through town, you better come back here. Yes. If you're listening to this and you want a uh, uh, sit on my face, or not, not sit on my face, a uh, <laughs> uh, hands for titties sticker of Becky Gibson, one, you can see what it looks like on my Instagram because it's hilarious. But also, uh, if you message me, then I'll just send you one for free. And my email is mattgriffo at me.com m-a-t-t-g-r-i f is in frank f is in frank o is an octopus at me.com i love it and Man, uh imagine sitting on becky becky gibson's face with oh my god hands. there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. there <laughs> hope you're not ticklish I about that. <laughs> that's really funny oh uh, let's find out how those two get married together make sure to get your tickets to see that tonight uh, seriously, hope you're here the next time, and you better give me one of those stickers because we'll put it right back here. You got it on the show. Great. Uh, we'll see you uh, again soon, Matt. Thank you so great, much. Thanks. We're going to be back with Saint Saint Yobert. It was really great seeing you guys. Stay tuned, later. folks. Hey, don't forget that you can give the gift of laughter. Gift cards to Comedy at the Carlson are available now. Just see a server when you're at a show, or visit carlsoncomedy.com for those. You know what else you could get? You could take it to see Drew Michael this weekend. You may have seen his Netflix special, but he is here in Rochester tonight and tomorrow night. CarlsonCounty.com for those. And now back to the show and our interview with Saint Yobert. Hey, Carlson Casters, we are thankful to welcome in the studio our guest, part of half of our guests today, because we have guests. Well, two thirds of our guests. Two thirds of our <laughs> guests today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It is Maddie and Gracie from Saint Hubert. Yeah. I think I got it right. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. We'll clap. Some of the other, yeah, clap for me. <laughs> some of the other pronunciations we've gotten. What's the worst you've gotten? Sainty Bear. Sainty Bear. Probably. Son <laughs> Uber. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, that's just. Sounds like somebody's calling for a ride. Yeah. I need to call Son <laughs> yeah. Uber. Yeah. I drink too much. Yeah. It's, it's like easier a, to call it's like a, a religious lift. taxi. Yeah. It's a religious taxi. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. The worst kind. Yeah. Probably. I wouldn't want to ride in a religious The fair is no. just a little, those little wafers. Yeah. Those little community <laughs> wafers. Get those tiny little glasses of wine. Yeah. Grape yeah. juice shots. Dangerous. Yeah. Well, that's not so bad. I mean, I've been in worse Ubers, so. Yeah. yeah. Solid point. Yeah. Now, uh, I'd like to welcome you both to the studio because you are doing a show this weekend here in the Rickles Room. Yeah. On Saturday. Mm -hmm. Now, this is your first time playing the Rickles Room? No. Uh, third? Fourth. Yeah. Is this the fourth? I guess the fourth. Yeah, it's our second, um, just, f like, basically our name is the bill. Uh, we're having a friend of ours, Morgan Root, open for us. Mm -hmm. But we had our own back in December? I think. Another one in December? Ours was in November. Or November. Maybe? And Somewhere in the winter Yeah, ball, it's hard. Yeah. It gets foggy because... Um, Malcolm Whitfield, who specifically asked, I, I bring him up. Um, <laughs> Never heard of him. You haven't heard of him. <laughs> we go back and forth, like, basically being like, okay, you open for me now. And just like, so he had a show, um, I, I guess in December, mm -hmm. that we opened for him, and then uh -huh. he opened for us. Yeah, for I saw you at that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And then the first one we did, we opened for Nuts and Bolts. Yes, that was the very first September. time. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So hold on a second. Malcolm who? 
Whiskey. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I hope you died a little Herbin. inside watching that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, let, let's backtrack a little bit yeah. because there's a very interesting story here. You're mm-hmm. obviously sisters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Your last name is was Hubert. Yes. You're married Gracie Walsh now. And that's where the name came from. Your mm-hmm. original, your your sisterly last name, I yeah. guess that would be the name. Mm-hmm. So you just figured out the most pretentious way <laughs> to say Hubert. <laughs> Yeah, we actually, so we didn't really plan on doing this super long term. We signed up for like what we thought was kind of a one-off variety show at a bar on the Spirit Room. Mm -hmm. And they asked what they wanted our, what we wanted our stage name to be. And uh, are you familiar with the band Bon Iver? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like yeah. no one knows how to say that. Like on when you Iver. look at the first, yeah, yeah, and that's what yeah. yeah, that was so, that was the joke. Yeah, that was the joke, and we were like, oh, this will be funny. People would be like, what is this? And then we just kept kind of performing after that and never changed. And now we've it. just been stuck with yeah, the so curse in which like, we were originally yeah, trying to parody in there. So gotta love an umla. It kind of just yeah. got like. Yeah, away from us before we were like, should we rebrand? It's too we, late now. It's too late. <laughs> yeah, so. it's the it's the number one way to confuse at least two thirds of the population oh, yeah. is to put an umlaut in something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. We yeah, that. we sound like a metal band. Work for Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If people care enough, they'll they'll learn how to do the keyboard shortcut. <laughs> I had to look it up when I was typing up the your intro. I, yeah. I had to look it up and I I cut, cut and paste it. his. Yeah. I didn't even learn it. Uh, I, that's what I do also. I, I just cut little, and paste. <laughs> like sticky note open on my computer so I can cut and paste. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. hysterical. Yeah. Now let's talk about you two in general because mm-hmm. this is a very interesting decision to make that all of a sudden we're going to start a comedy band. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, I understand that there was, like, an opportunity to do a show, but were you planning on getting together to do this for a while, or was this really as, you know, spur of the moment as you make it sound? I guess the latter. Yeah, um, it was. Like, I, I don't know. I guess we had been somewhat performative children. Uh, obviously, we grew up together, uh, and we would, like, I lived with Gracie a couple years ago. Um, when I got out of college and like every day we would just like be watching vines or just like anything and just be like, we could do better than that. And one day we were like, let's just do it. (laughs) And that's kind of it. And and honest (laughs) to God, it's one of those things where if you don't, you don't know you can do it until you actually attempt to do it. Yeah. So kudos to you for that. One of the things we do on this show all the time is we always ask stand-ups like, if you had advice for someone who's just starting out, what would it be? And they always say the same thing. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of just like a Gracie signed us up and she was like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah, I, <laughs> we I like... signed us up without telling her <laughs> and without having an act, by the way. Yeah. We didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't yeah. have any material. So we signed up, came up with the name, and then we're like, okay, now we need to write a song to, to yeah. do. We kind of knew we wanted it to be funny because... Yeah, we both really like music, and we Mm -hmm. both like comedy, but I don't know. I think, like, our confidence has gotten better at this point, but with musical comedy, at least at the time, I think we were both like, if you're kind of funny and kind of musically talented when you put them together, the gaps Mm -hmm. are kind of full. Yeah, like, like, no one will notice if you're not really good at the other. Yeah, like, wow, they're doing two things at once, like, like, rubbing your your belly. At least we all hope so, right? Like, at that point? No one's noticed so far, (laughs) so we're doing fine. (laughs) And then people 
liked it and kept booking us for like other things so we were basically writing songs for shows as we were getting booked so the first like six months of performing we wrote so much stuff just because yeah. we like had to yeah and now we're at a little more reasonable pace yeah <laughs> so what's amazing about that is you're breathing a little bit of rarefied air here I thought you were going to tell me I was breathing too close to the microphone. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Amazing. <laughs> you're ruining our show with your breaths, your shallow breathing. No, you're breathing rarefied air in the fact that, you know, most people, let's just be honest, who start off in stand-up or, say, in music, going to an open mic performance, isn't walking out with bookings. No. <laughs> They're not walking out with people going, we need you back here to do more. Yeah. So, really in a weird. way, that's incredible. Yeah, we definitely um, continue to be surprised every time we do something and people are like, that was really good. And we're yeah. like, cool, thanks. <laughs> You're definitely keeping very busy. Yeah, and yeah. don't sell yourself yeah. short because, you know, you played the New York Comedy Festival, am I right? Yes. And yes. you made the soundtrack album yeah. for the Comedy Festival. So that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're very excited and honored to have everything that we've done yeah. go so well so far. I feel like it's just been... We had a lot of, I don't want to say, like, lucky breaks, because, like, I think we're, like, good at what we do. Yeah. And we're, like, we're working really hard at it. But I think we were just fortunate to get into, like, some stuff pretty early. Mm -hmm. And those credits, like, look good to other people. Yeah. So we, I think, just got, like, a lot of experience. Hey, really Brian, tell, tell them what song you had on the soundtrack for the New York Comedy Festival. Uh, I played the triangle. Oh, yeah. oh just, nice. Just solo. No, you didn't. Shut up. You're supposed <laughs> to say for, nothing. Because my point is, it may look good, but you may say it looks good, but that is an accomplishment. Yeah, it is. That's it big is. really is. Yeah. yeah. I think and, we constantly have to tell ourselves that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing about being a performer in general. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes to hear people saying good things about them. It just mm -hmm. makes you uncomfortable yeah. and, and nervous. So I apologize. I don't want to do that to you. No, no please. I love compliments, totally okay. actually. But I, I also hate them. And you're in the yeah. rare position of starting out new in comedy, and your bio doesn't have to be all bullshit. You actually have yeah. things that are worth putting in it. Yeah. You don't have to pad it like the rest of us did when we started out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have some. Yeah, I was kind of the other day just like someone introduced us on stage, and they were like, from this, like, you've seen them at the stand in New York City and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did see us there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. We were at the Friars Club. That was where we did yeah. the, uh, the... The Funny Songs competition. Yeah. Or whatever. That was really cool. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. you guys are off to quite a start. Thank you. You really are. Now, uh, I see that you brought a guitar with you. We oh, sure did. did. And Is I that said, ours? That's crazy. Yeah. When did that... I said, if you want to do a song this morning, we'd love to have you do a song, but yeah. you don't have to. And you showed up with a guitar, and you seem like you're <laughs> yeah. game for it. You really, you really did this to yourself. So don't yeah, unmute that mic for her yet. But if you if you want to take it away and give the audience a taste of uh, yeah. Saint Joubert, I'm sure they would absolutely <laughs> totally love it. Totally should. Okay, yeah. let me plug it in. I'll tell you when to yeah. um, to uh, unmute that channel, Craig. Let's get uh, also plug it what in. Song plug it in. Do? I don't know. What do you, uh, we could, how many songs do you want? Uh, yeah, let's do one song this morning. One? Okay. Unless you absolutely destroy it, and then Brian and I will start well, screaming encore. Okay, well. <laughs> now if you don't, I'm going to be very self-conscious. <laughs> well, probably should. Um. <laughs> you'll, you'll be back in the breadline with Malcolm any minute. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Kidding. That's fine. Uh, you could unmute that guitar channel there, Craig. Uh, what song do you think you want to do? 
Yeah. I do love that song. Okay. So this actually works out because I think the time of year right now. Oh, oh it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have a song about astrology. Yeah. And this actually works out really well. Okay. So we're going to do some light character work <laughs> at the top to set up the premise of the song, if that's okay. All right. You might yeah. want to move that mic just a little bit closer. To yeah, sure. There you go. Is that cool? Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Great. Here we go. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hi, this is Brayden. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm too busy volunteering at my local food pantry. Being a good person, don't really have time for a lot of crazy in my life, so if you could leave a message at the beep, I will get back to you as soon as I can. Have a blessed day. Beep. Hi, baby. It's me. Listen, I'm sorry I freaked out at you like that for three consecutive hours at a Joe's Crab Sack. It was your grandma's birthday, and I know that, but listen, I can't be really held responsible for anything I say or do right now. It's that time of the quarter. Mercury is in retrograde, and as if that weren't enough, I feel lost and insecure I desperately need an identity But I read that's just cause my moon is in Pisces And it doesn't have anything to do with me I'm a really chill girl, third house in Sagittarius Did I hurt your feelings? Sorry, I'm hilarious. Never took the time to refine my moral code. It was divine design. This would be a bumpy road. Astrology's my passion cause it offers absolution from the worst parts of my personality. Am I crazy? Crazy for those cosmic truths. And it's cheaper than therapy. Made mistakes, baby, I know I have my flaws But it's the planets that have made me this way As far as I'm concerned, my birth chart is the law It's destiny, I ate all of your leftover Chipotle You bastards (laughs) Co-star app knows the real me Dropping truth bombs so poetically Once it said Hi, you're a dumb slut who likes cheese And I was like, oh my fucking god, that's so me. Astrology's my passion cause it offers absolution from the worst parts of my personality. Am I crazy? Crazy for those cosmic truths. And it's cheaper than therapy. Also not to turn this back around on ya, but I checked your sign and I see you're a Libra, we're compatible as fuck, I'm gonna be your bride, you've got nothing to fear if you've got nothing to hide, if you betray me, I'll eat you alive, I know your moon's a two-faced Gemini, I'll burn down this house and everything you own, sorry not sorry, I'm a bad bitch Scorpio son. Astrology's my passion cause it offers absolution from the worst parts of my personality. Am I crazy? Crazy for those cosmic truths and I'm taking your ass down with me. Yes, I'm 
Mercury is in fact in retrograde. It is right now. So, yes. so this was really so this needed. Was well timed. Yeah. Now, hold on. <laughs> I have to ask you this question. Go ahead. I'm sitting here and I'm watching you two perform so like seamlessly with each other. That has to be the sister thing where you two are just have that type of chemistry where you can just harmonize together so well. People but say that. <laughs> when, Maybe. I was an alto and she was a soprano. I was a soprano. So. I was soprano one. Yeah, but not That's to brag. A, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I saw seasons. I saw all the episodes. I don't you know, pass that. <laughs> I was like, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when you write a song like that, like, mm -hmm. do you, how, one of you says, I have an idea for a song. How do you sit down and write? Like, what's the preparation to create something like that? Because it's such an, we're going to sing about horoscopes and then you have to mm -hmm. write the song. Mm -hmm. How does that work for you two? What's that partnership like? Um, well, we tend to get together like once every couple of weeks. Um, and I would say maybe once a month we kind of like, we'll be like, Hey, I had an idea for a song. This is the topic. And then we, this is a more recent, like, that's how astrology specifically was written. It's been a little more mismatched in the past, but uh, we go apart for like two weeks and we just try to like, anytime we have a moment to like write down a couple lines, we write it down, we get back together and uh, we go through all the lines, decide which ones like make us both laugh the most and kind of then make it into song structure <laughs> right, so like right. verses and choruses and bridges yeah. so you're not like queen where one person writes a song and it better be that way or else <laughs> i walk no i think that uh either one of us would kill ourselves if one was decidedly <laughs> better than the other oh we, we, it needs to be 50 50 where we will die well, yeah i feel like i need to hear one more this morning i really okay. enjoy that do you think right. you got one more in yeah. you for us sure what, yeah. what are you thinking what do you want to do hmm. um working working sure i think our it's probably most well-known one this yeah. is the one that we did at the at the friars club that mm -hmm. we won an award for yes <clears throat> you should have just done jokes about peter king you would have won <laughs> i didn't realize where we were to be quite frank when we were at the friars club and i remember being like why are there so many pictures of Billy Crystal here? And then I was like, oh, we're in the Billy Crystal room. Yeah, <laughs> like, it just, just said it like in big words. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. That makes more sense now. Ironically, yeah. I hear it looks a lot like his house. Does it? Oh, yeah. I made that up. Oh, okay. I was like, just a lot of pictures I just of imagine him he's in, like, a guy a who has a lot of pictures of <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, probably, probably more than, more than you yeah. think. Yeah. Less than you'd hope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So the song is pretty self-explanatory, I guess. But yeah. Uh, it's been a long week. It's been a long week. It's Friday, TGIF. <laughs> working hard or hardly working? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just living the dream, my friend. Mm, what a week. Almost Friday. Just got a few more emails mm. to send. How about that weather? It looks like it's raining. Idle chit chat is really my thing. I'll probably bring it up again later just for the sake of my routine complaining. Having fun yet? Oh, you know it. I'm dying inside, trying not to show it. If one more person says, not before I've had my coffee, I'll karate chop them in their stupid fucking mouth. 
<laughs> hey, how's it going, pal? Just another day in paradise. Take a deep breath of that stale recycled air. Water cooler gossip distracts you from how you're still a million bucks shy of being a millionaire. Hey, how was your weekend? Uh, not long enough. Spend some time with the family and snuck in nine holes. Hit up the cathedral on Sunday morning just to sing about the damnation of our mortal souls. Having fun yet? Oh, you know it, I'm dying inside. Trying not to show it, if one more person says not before I've had my coffee, I will hex them into another dimension. <laughs> oh no, passing someone in the hall, better flash a natural smile, hide the pain of it all. Oh no, passing someone in the hall, better flash a natural smile, hide the pain of it all. Having fun yet, oh you know it, I'm dying inside, trying not to show it. If one more person says not before I've had my coffee, I will steal their identity and ruin their credit score, seduce their spouse and break up their marriage and buy their kids a puppy so they love me more than they ever loved their corporate stooge of a stupid parent that disappear entirely save for a lone mug of coffee with a note that reads, holy fucking shit, Greg, here's your coffee. Asshole. <laughs> Good. Thank you. I, that's my new favorite Thanks song. So much. Now, folks, you can see Saint Hubert mm -hmm. this weekend, Saturday night in the Rickles room. Tickets are available now, CarlsonCounty.com. Gracie and Maddie, wonderful. Thank, Thank you for bringing you. Thank you very music. Much. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you're doing. You Thank really you. are talented, and we wish you all the best. Thank you. You'll probably be too big to ever come do this show again. But probably. You'll never yeah. see us again. Yeah. <laughs> but, I've already but, deleted your number. <laughs> you had it? How did you get my number? I know I did. Yeah, I didn't give it to you. <laughs> you know. All right. We're, uh, we're going to be back with uh, the news with Ross in just a minute. So stay tuned, folks. And don't forget to get your tickets to see Saint Hubert. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you for being awesome and watching another episode of the Carlson Cast. Don't forget we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday morning. You could also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at CarlsonCast. You can listen anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and we're now available on Spotify. You should also check out an amazing app called Laughable. And on the Laughable app, you can connect to your favorite comedians in a way you never thought you could before. Download it in the App Store and visit carlsoncast.com for information on more shows. And don't be a jerk. Rate and review. It is time for that segment where we talk about what's going on in the world of stand-up. That's right. When stand-up news breaks, I email it to Ross and he pretends like he did research. It's no. time for stand-up news. <laughs> Nobody died this week. Hey, everybody. Oh, no, so some people died. Well, some people died. There was a, like there's a boat being... Very disrespectful yeah. to the many, many people yeah. that died. Have yeah. you watched the news? Yeah. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I, have, I'm I like. A, I'm aware I'm, that there's a thing called the news. I didn't notice this earlier, but I like how you and Brian are practically wearing the exact same shirt, except yours is <laughs> way, has a lot more pizzazz. Thank you. Yeah. You're Thank welcome. You. We're all kind of bit color coordinated today. Uh, no, my shirt yours is Yours looks gray. a bit bluer on the camera. It looks my great shirt, in my eyeballs, but a little bit blue on the my camera. My shirt is the color of my soul. Are you guys going to talk about yogurt again? Or <laughs> let's end this no. show. Let's get, let's get <laughs> out of here. Okay, so there are lots of things. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about the things that can get you canceled. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, as a comedian, we talked about, you know, we talked about Ari Shafir, I think was the most, mm -hmm. the, was the most recent one. So this is a new one on me. Oh, boy. 
uh, breaking quarantine apparently can get you canceled. So this is uh, Frank King. You might not have heard his name, um, but he was a um, he's an Oregon based comedian who was uh, Oregon? Oregon based. Yeah, I, we're all Oregon based. <laughs> or Oregon. Oregon. Okay. Yes. He's, right. a, he's an organ based comedian. <laughs> um, Lots of dick jokes. He works <laughs> he works the Red Cross. Uh he, so he was on the uh the MS Westerdam cruise, which was one of the ones that was uh one of the ones that's had a little coronavirus mm -hmm. uh concern. So Could you the, imagine being the comic on that ship <laughs> and having to like cheer yeah. everybody up? And you'd you'd end up feeling like Jerry Lewis in that like Holocaust clown movie. Like everybody is miserable, and you're trying to I cheer know. them up. In every in every show, the crowd work just gets harder and harder and harder because there's fewer, fewer and fewer, fewer people to talk yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, I like to find some clean shirts. <laughs> hey, hey, how about some potable water? <laughs> um, At least we're not pooping in bags sure. yet. Yet. So uh, does anyone were... have any bags? <laughs> They were uh, they were quarantined in Cambodia. Um, they were able to get off the ship. They were God. in sort of a hotel. Yeah, they were in a hotel. Uh, they were in a hotel lockdown, and he uh, did what he described as uh, self-deporting. <laughs> he basically snuck out Escaped. and left. Yeah. yeah, there were so there were about fifteen hundred passengers. Um, Eight hundred and two got the go ahead to go home, but he had left a little bit earlier. Um, there was a uh, there was a an American woman who had tested positive, so that was part of the big. Uh, On thing. the way out, did he go? Thank you. Good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's been he's been uh, he's been fired from the working the cruise line. Hopefully and all executed shows. because that's a really bad thing to do. But there's nothing illegal about it, right? Like they can't like arrest him. Can um, they? I don't I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what the legalities of are, are of yeah. like nautical law meets cambodia meets american yeah. cruise so i'm not sure what the you know versus coming to america so i don't i you know i'm not an international law expert, see you but, in maritime court yeah but yeah. Uh, toot, toot. i there was nothing in the story about any legal consequences other than the cruise line being like you can't you know sorry, you're fired we, yeah you're yeah. fired forever. so you're saying that they have an opening i'm saying that there's an opening on the ms westerdam in cambodia yeah <laughs> there's a hotel in cambodia that desperately I, needs a comedian i better call alberto we better get this book yeah. yep yep so uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which I think we covered last year at, at around mm -hmm. this time, they've announced their uh, lineup for this year. So you'll recall that two years ago, uh -huh. the guest was Michelle Wolf, mm -hmm. and that went, I didn't that think went that went very, very well. That went over very well, I think. <laughs> so well, they didn't have one the following year, if I recall. Well, they did. So they did have it, but um, it was like TED Talks. Yeah. Well, the pre the president didn't show up um, after that, which was the first time that that had happened since Ronald Reagan got shot. Um, uh, so, but they have I wonder Ron... who had the better excuse. Right, right. I was washing my <laughs> Michelle hair. Michelle Wolf <laughs> got Reagan. shot in the head versus Michelle Wolf hurt my feelings. Yeah, versus yeah. my ego go boom boom. Um, of course, and the history there is, of course, in 2011, uh, they made the, at the uh, the Obama era correspondence center. They made jokes at Trump's expense uh, related to yeah. the uh, the birther thing, which, by all accounts, is when he decided he was going to run for president to get mm -hmm. back at. <laughs> Obama and the entire country. Uh, so Ron Chernow's last year, the presidential historian, they basically eschewed comedy altogether. Michelle Wolf, I guess, was like, a little that over was the, the top end of for comedy. Um, this year, uh, Kenan Thompson hey. will be headlining. Um, and also um, Hassan Minaj from Patriot Act and all sorts of other things will be uh, one of the one of the guests. So that's going to be April 25th. No word yet on if the president is going, but the president's not going. I'm Let's guessing not, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would go anywhere to see Kenan Thompson. Right. Love that guy. Sure. 
Well, if you, that's a great pick. If you can become president, maybe he'll go <laughs> because he thinks that Keenan Thompson runs a burger place. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Maybe he'll he does like burgers. Just only show him what a burger. Sure. And then he'll just go. The sad thing is, though, maybe he'll make me a burger. Uh, it's good news slash bad news. Uh, Kel Mitchell is able to park cars. They're going to have him oh, as nice. a, working as a valet. <laughs> that's a good that night, So yeah, yeah, that's, that's a feel good story. Yeah, they'll take a picture together before the show and everything. <laughs> so and that'll be good. Keenan Thompson is still edited out of it for some reason. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's horrible. All right, what else you got, Ross? That's a callback right there. Uh, so finally, ending on a, on a on a truly good well. I was going to say on a truly good news story. It's a, it's a it's a overall positive story, but there was a um, rather hey, distressing Brad. video. Yeah. yeah. So there was a, a kid named Caden um, uh, Bales. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. He's uh, Australian. He's an um, indigenous uh, person, and he has a, a chondroplasia, which is a form of dwarfism. Right. He had posted a very. Um, I believe we'll his say, mother posted the video. If I yeah, recall, he's nine years right, old. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 So uh, this video is him of of him sort of a disturbing video of him talking about bullying and and basically saying he wanted to die. Uh, it was you know little little hard to watch. Yeah, we were gonna thinking about playing it for you guys. We're not gonna play this video. It's a little sad. It, it is sad, and it's sort of it, it, it's it's you know it might be worth checking out. But the the upshot here is so the video got a lot of uh, views and a lot of people concerned. Uh, Brad Williams stepped up. So this, he... Uh, uh, he brought in a step stool. And brought he in a step stool. Right up. Literally stood up. Literally stood up. No, so he's been a guest. He's been a guest on the show, of course. So he got the ball rolling. He started a GoFundMe for um, Caden again, which I'm, I don't think I'm saying correct, correctly, but so I apologize for that. Um, he wanted to raise $10,000 to uh, send, to bring the kid to the United States and take him to Disneyland as a, hey, you know what? It's not... You know, yeah. just as a little like, hey, you, seems like you're having a rough time now for, a, mm -hmm. especially for a nine-year-old kid should not be, you know, dealing with all this. So let's do something fun. Um, started to go fund me. He's blown past. The, he's blown way past the ten thousand dollars already. Um, he says he's going to do the overage. He's going to give to uh, disability charities. Uh, but other people have uh, other people have stepped up. So uh, Hugh Jackman has gotten involved in this. Um, a couple other people, the uh, Indigenous All Stars rugby team in Australia, but a couple other celebrities. This just kind of came up the other day. So people have been sort of jumping on this. So I don't know, you know, they were know how many to, times you can go to Disneyland or, or they you were know, up where to $30,000 raised. And that was before. Yeah. And that was before even some other celebrities have sort of jumped in. So I don't know, you know, I don't know how mm -hmm. many times this kid can go to Disneyland or what's going to, you know, yeah. what's going to come with this. But it's a nice, you know, it's a $30,000, man. He might be able to get into the parks and get a popcorn. And a right. Soda. Absolutely. Yeah. You can get the fast pass and everything. So that's pretty good. <laughs> so it's a nice story, you know, and, and well, Again, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a, overall, it's sort of a mixed story, but um, glad to see the comedy community stepping up. Hopefully this raises awareness, you know, hopefully it helps this kid. Hopefully it raises awareness you know, for the no issue of bullying, but, you know. Goddamn thing for me when I was in school and they were right. calling me Vinny the Poolino. Nobody did anything for me. And now you're posting a podcast, so everything turned out fine. Yeah. I get bullied on this show every week. Nobody gives me any money. Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> There's video evidence. You want to watch a sad video? <laughs> watch a mashup of Vinny saying mean things to me. Not even Ross. God, his voice is so stupid even, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, hear him. Yeah. I didn't even listen. That's a good idea. So, uh, Ross, great job. Thank you. Brian, Vic. I'd throw a uh, shoe if they weren't so hard to get off. Thanks to our man Billy DeTori for uh, his segment today. And uh, oh, just, I've got an update. My, Brian's GoFundMe has just raised ten dollars for his <laughs> trip to Fairport. So uh, we're pretty excited. I can almost get there. <laughs> yep.
So uh, come see Matt Griffo in the Rickles room tonight and see Saint Yobert, Saint Yobert, Saint Yobert, tomorrow night in the Rickles room. Uh, until next week, act right, Rochester. We'll see you again. <laughs>